Welcome. All right. Yeah. So this week on Soul Rewind, season six, episode eight, point and shoot. Point and shoot. Yeah, we've got great things in store tonight. Uh, we've got timely life advice in terms of um, <laughs> um, what to do when approaching a black door. Um, don't forget your yeah. shoe, that kind of thing. Um, we've got storytelling and poetry. We've got, uh, um, oh yeah, some really nice poetry in this episode. I can't wait to bring it out. We've got nighttime strolls. We've got uh, black eyed gazes. We've got a thousand points of light for the homeless man in this instance, Hard, who's recently yeah. convicted from his earthly home, his body. Oh, uh, Pearl Tired. Yeah. Um, we've got Lalo's last laugh and uh, people standing in doorways. What or sitting? Oh my all means, goodness! Sitting. Let's find out. Let's find out. Um, every now and again, I can hear myself. <laughs> you should talk to someone. I, <laughs> I mean, from your fucking microphone. <laughs> that's. I don't think that's going to be a problem for Zoom. Should we start again? No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you seem to done a you, you've done a lot of preparation for this. Then I didn't get as much out of this episode as you have. Definitely not. I mean, I don't know if there's much to make of it. You know, I mean, I see these things, and it could be just yeah, place things you just don't really know. But some of it's there are one or two lines that I will stand by are poetically very nice. Yes, okay. I know for sure. There's some great moments in the script, especially from Lalo. Like I think his performance probably outshone the others this week. Um, yes. I was a bit underwhelmed with Jimmy and Kim, to be honest. Like, I just didn't think that they barely um, featured. <coughs> well, that and I just uh, moments just didn't seem very believable. And it was the same with Mike, almost like they were kind of a bit rusty. And yeah. this is maybe the first episode they they filmed or something after maybe. after Saul's. Um, maybe there was a break. Yeah. And it just it didn't feel very parts of it didn't feel very natural. I'm sorry, listener, but that is just how I think I I feel. I don't disagree with you. Um, yeah, particularly the reaction scene um, when they were yeah. we catch them right at the beginning of the episode. Well, no, well, sorry, we shouldn't skip. Let's let's do it in a minute. Let's do it in a minute. Let's, yes, let's do it. Let's, let's talk about the rebrand first and explain the rebrand. So, oh, sure, sure. Um, last week Simon had this great idea for a podcast name called shut up and listen and um, so we've rebranded the network partly because we want to expand into different kinds of shows so rewatches are great and rewinds are great but we want to do different kinds of shows so um, we've renamed the network shut up and listen and our new website is shutup.world so if you want to take the new a look at the new website please go ahead and do so and uh, yeah so this is still saw rewind we've got how many episodes left now another five episodes yeah, something like that. Before the season ends. Um, and hopefully they'll continue at this kind of pace. Like this episode was really exciting. Yep. Things are moving. Should we get stuck in? Yeah, let's do it. Get it done. So point and shoot. We open the show with a flash forward. Yes. Little did we know at the time. Yeah, that's right. We didn't know. My first impression, well, my thought was um, after a while, this was um, that they did, they threw Hard's body into the ocean. I didn't. I think yeah. that would be kind of silly, but potentially. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, I, for By sure. the end of the flash forward, I thought, okay, obviously, you'd have to be an idiot not to know what, what was happening there. <laughs> I um, know. Yeah. Although I thought the same too. I was waiting for the, like, hired hand to wash up on the shore or, like, yeah. his body to be there on the beach. You know what I mean? Oh. What a beautiful beach it was that they chose for that location. It was gorgeous. Yeah. Really well, we nice. Actually- we actually have this thing in BC where um, feet randomly wash up in shoes. Oh my God. That um, must be, is it to do with loggers? Like, are they logger boots? <laughs> no, I think <laughs> it, uh, maybe. I think it's to do with that. I forget what the explanation was, but I think basically when people do go in the ocean, they, uh, um, the, the fish and, and stuff eat the rest of the body because they have access to it, but the shoe protects the foot. So it tends oh my to God, separate so off grim. and then just wash up eventually. That- that is the grimmest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> so are these like bodies from all over the world or are sure. they local local bodies? I think they, they did DNA someone, I think. I forget. It was quite a while ago, but yeah. I don't yeah, know. that's so <laughs> random. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we we um, get this gorgeous beach. It pans out. We see her shoes in the water, and then it pans out to um, his car, where we hear some nice classical music playing with his wallet and his ring on top of the dashboard. Um, so That's totally right. set up as if he's committed suicide. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't have many notes on this scene. Well, I'll have more at the end um, when yeah. we're, our attention's drawn again to the wallet and thing ring, but. Um, shoes uh, you know of course the entire season has an obsession like a foot fetish basically yeah uh, not the entire season sorry the entire show from the beginning there's been shoes all the time and uh, so here they continued that motif with uh, seeing hard shoes on the beach one shoe on the beach one floating around in the water that's right and uh, some footprints leading from the car i note the footprints because people walking in is a big theme in this episode yeah, um, you remember we had the slow paced walks in a previous episode with the measured movements and the slow paced. That's walks. right. Well, they did it yeah. again in this episode, and I believe that all the slow paced walks and especially people walking into places or walking up to doors was just yeah. a way to what was the echoes of Hard's walk into the ocean that was depicted in the, which didn't actually happen, but which is depicted in the in the opening scene. Yeah, for sure. I missed that. Yes. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm just rusty. And that's why I haven't picked up on all this shit. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, we have the opening sequence then, which is the spider crawling on Jimmy's tie. And we head straight back to Jimmy and Kim's apartment. And we get the flickering flame again, which is a nice um, throwback to last um, the last episode before the season break. And some nice menacing music in the background. And we just get a really good... Um, a shot of a really good segment of the the murder scene with the blood on yeah. the wall and the pulling blood on the floor and everything else. That's right, the tide of blood as it uh, seeps along the floor along the mat. The yes, end of the mat. I know. Yeah. Yuck. Um, and poor old Howard's dead on the floor. Um, Jimmy and Kim are just kind of uh, a quivering mess. Yeah, there's um quite a few times in this episode where um where um it's either here it's Lalo, but later it's Mike, and uh, uh, I'm not sure. It happens a few times where someone instructs someone to sit, like they're a dog, basically. It's like sit, sit, sit. Yes, sit, sit. Mike does it too. <laughs> yeah, Mike does it a couple of times, I think. Um, so yeah. Uh, they are trying to, Jimmy starts trying to explain to Lalo about how he's innocent and all this, and he was always on Lalo's side, but Lalo doesn't give a shit. He just tells him to sit down and shut up. Yeah. Um, he talks about their voices, um, their voices and how much talking they do. Um, and then he tries to send Jimmy off to murder good old Fring. Jimmy yeah. wants to, or he, he tries to send Jimmy off to murder Fring, um, who he calls a house cat and a librarian, and uh, yeah, yeah. And Jimmy has this. Jimmy, Jimmy tries to flip it on Kim. Yeah, yeah. Um, why did he do that? Question mark. I know it's so interesting. It's like, is it because he's just like a fucking scumbag deep down, and he's trying to save himself, or is it yeah. because he thought that Kim was going to be murdered if he went and did it? That there was no way Kim was getting out of there alive. I think that's what it is. It was protective yeah. instinct. Or was it because he really wanted Kim to go to the police and he knows that Kim, he, he thought Kim would probably go to the cops? I mean, or is it just that um, somewhere deep down inside, Jimmy is a scumbag, as you say. He just, uh, yeah, in that particular, in the, in the crux of that moment, he uh, didn't want to do it. I know for sure. It's just so odd. And what will, like, Kim was really upset whenever he started to suggest it. And how can their relationship continue now? Like, will she recognize it for Jimmy being a scumbag or is it, yeah. or will she see the bigger picture? I'm interested to see so how weird. that conversation unfolds. Although at the end of the episode, they have a warm embrace. So we'll see. Yeah, that's right. Um, Although is that more to do with shock and relief than anything else? I'm sure over the next couple of days, that would really play in her mind. Yeah. It would play on mine. Um, yeah. Um, so some really great art on the walls again, like behind Lalo in this scene, there's a really beautiful picture. It kind of reminded me of um, the scene where Nacho died. Yes. The, it looked like, I don't know if it was the same flower, the same plant, but it looked very similar with that kind of blue sky and like okay. it looks really good. Um, and we got some really interesting panned out shots of Jimmy and Kim's apartment for the first time. Like we've never seen these wide angle shots of their apartment that kind of show right. the whole set. 
um and there's loads to look at in those you know it's really really nice yeah um but yeah so um, before we leave this scene if you're about to move on there um lalo has a nice quote in this scene he says um you walk right up to that black door don't run be casual like a stroll you know he says that yeah well, i think th- this is one of those poetic moments you know the it black, is for sure. There's a number of characters framed by a black do- framed by doorways in this, and and the black yeah. door, and uh, you know, is like a symbol of the grave. It's like the doorway to the other world. You see, is what's being brought out. Um, that this side of life is our side of the door, and then when you go through that doorway, you're in the other world. Oh, of course, of crossing uh, over, and yeah. yes, and what okay. Lala's saying here is, look, just walk right, you walk right up to that black door, so don't fear death, walk right up to it, but don't rush, Yeah, just be casual, don't be in a hurry to get to the other side, you know, take your time yeah. on this side of the veil, and uh, for sure, you know, I take your time. I really, life. yeah, Lalo's script in this episode is brilliant, like really the scriptwriters did a really good job, especially in this scene, and you're right, it's about how he delivers it, and how he paces it and everything else, you know, it is. It's a great moment for it's sure. It's fantastic. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Good. It works. Yeah. Really great. And then before, before, um, before Kim leaves, he says, uh, you're going to need your shoes, right? I <laughs> 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 know. Yeah. The shoes and the feet continue. I thought it was odd as well. That, like, I don't know if we've ever had barefoot characters in the show before. Like, have we ever seen maybe maybe with Jimmy and Chuck or something at one stage? I'm sure we've seen odd. feet. Yeah. I'm sure we've seen feet for sure. We have. Maybe we just don't see it often on TV. And that's why it just seems a bit strange. Like whenever be. they were like in their apartment, even before he pointed out that they didn't have shoes on, um, I noticed it and was like, oh, that, that looks a bit odd, you know? Yeah. But then for him to call attention to it is, is again, you know, something they wanted us to notice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, Jimmy talks Lalo into sending Kim instead of himself. And uh, Kim then heads off to do the dirty deed. Yeah. So she, she heads off and um, we get a little moment between Lalo and Jimmy where uh, Jimmy again tries to plead with Lalo I think he I think Jimmy thinks that his time is up at this point that Lalo is is gonna seek revenge for what happened he's put the he's joined the dots between Jimmy and Nacho and Nacho and what happened at his apartment and um yeah I think Jimmy thought that this was the end for him um but no we leave Jimmy and um we join Kim with some really great sinister background music as we build up to this moment where she confronts Fring at, at his house. Before we go, though, there's one more bit in that scene where um, Lalo ties... Oh, no, wait, no. We go to Kim, and then Lalo ties Jimmy up, or does he tie him up first? Well, I think we cut to Kim for a couple of moments. Okay, and I missed then that. He, well, she, he just looks out the window to the car park, and then right. he ties up Jimmy, so with the zip lines, yeah. zip cords. Yeah, so storytelling's a part of this too. And I think there's a comment, there are comments here and there about this the story itself of Better Call Saul. But um here he says Lalo tells a story of how Ignacio um That's got right. into the compound. You know, he he tells it like he's telling a story, you know what I mean? He's telling Jimmy what happened. Yeah. And uh and then at the end of his speech, he says, I'm gonna come back and you're gonna tell me the whole story. And um before we leave that scene, there's a shot of Hard's eyes, I think. Um, which I like because I think um, yeah, there's a continuous theme here and we've talked about it previously in our episodes of the black eyed gaze or what I call it. I call it the black eyed gaze. It's basically that that uncomfortable feeling of unwanted attention or when someone's watching you. Yeah, for it's sure. Really prominent in this episode where there's lots of observation going on through cameras. You know, Gus is under Lalo's frame. Um, there's the security cameras at both res at the at the laundromat and the thing and, and yeah. all the stuff and uh, people being watched through sniper rifle things and all, there's tons of it. Um, and I had the sensation because there's lots of points of light, right? Remember you mentioned the green light that's coming up, but yeah, there are a lot of points of light because it's shot at night, of course. So I guess if you watch any show that's shot at night, this takes place over one night then that's the right. backdrop is going to be dark and then there's going to be points mm-hmm. of light. I get it. Okay. So maybe I'm not picking up on something real here, <laughs> but points of light is a theme. And I have yeah. the feeling sometimes that these little points of light, these eyes that are watching are a hint of Howard kind of hovering above 
the scene, Maybe. the scenes of death in Better Call Saul, watching the action from beyond the grave. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of those points, like whenever you see the shots at night and you get like the little orbs and things like that that appear, mm-hmm. um, a lot of those are added post-production, I realized during this mm-hmm. episode. And I just, I wonder how much we've missed in things, in little details like that in past yeah. episodes. Yeah, for but sure. But in this episode in particular, those little orbs of light that appear, um, they've, that have been added are quite telling i think at some at okay. some points you know it's quite interesting yeah, um, yeah um so yeah but anyway so yes we we leave jimmy as he knocks his chair over i think that happens at the end of the scene too that yeah he starts to freak out a little bit and he's trying to break out of his zip cords and he knocks his chair over and ends up face to face with Howard on the floor right um and that's where we get that shot of Howard's eyes it's like they're staring at each other and then we cut to kim so Kim's in her car. She's on her way to um, Gus's house. Well, we find out that it's Gus's house. Yeah. And uh, she's in a bit of traffic. She gets stopped at some traffic lights. The police pull up next to her. Um, the background music is fantastic, I thought, in, the, mm. in this little yeah, segment. Um, and it's the first time that we come across the green light is the green traffic lights. So whenever yes, she right. stops at the police car and then um she has this moment where she winds her window window down and it was almost she's about just, to talk i know another this is another fork in the road for kim where she has this choice to take a different path but she mm. doesn't she could have had a chat with the friendly police officers next year in fact i think the police officers make eye contact at one point like yes the, the male driver leans over and kind of makes eye contact with her and then the female turns and looks at her and yeah. Um, so this is Kim being offered another choice. You don't have to go and murder this guy. You could talk to the cops and and um, yeah. and everything else. But off she goes anyway to Kilfring. And uh, as she arrives to his house, her dashboard is fully lit up in green light too. So if you look at the dashboard of the car, it's green lights. Um, yeah, that's right. Green light as well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so, um, so of um, course we know that. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, you go on then. Well, I was going to move on. If you have something to say about the well, drive, I'm going then... to the arrival at the house. Go for it. Okay, so, so yeah, so you pointed like the points of light, and um, yeah, the green light, etc. And then as she walks up to Gus's house, first of all, it's a very slow paced walk, and we saw yeah. the show do this previously, um, making a point of observing the movement. Um, that's right which is really deliberately done to create the otherworldly feeling that you're being transported into a different kind of experience yeah and, for um, sure yeah so um, as she walks up there's a you can see the point of light it's almost exaggerated point of light of the um the peephole on the door so that when she yeah, gets up there right. someone's going to be looking through it and it will be obscured um yeah and I think she's, I'm not sure if it's there or when she walks. Yeah, so she goes inside. This is it. They open the door. She's about to, what yeah. happens? Does she click the thing or someone gets to her before she can pull the trigger? No, she gets, they get to her before. So we know that Mike has this house like wired up, um, completely wired up. And we he, he, he saw her from a block away as she drove up to the house. And you can right, make right, sure right. we're all standing chatting to her. So she gets out and is walking up to the door and Mike actually comes from behind her. So if you watch That's the scene it. again, Mike comes from behind her and just as the door open, he grabs her arm and pulls her arm and pull. I think he either pulls the arm down. She definitely doesn't get a round off. Mm-hmm. So he must grab the gun basically to get right. it out of her hand. Okay. Um, and they take her into the house. Yeah. Um, and, and he tells her uh, to sit. Yeah, that's right. And he calls her Miss Wexler. Yeah. He calls her Miss Wexler very... Um, very formal and incorrect because she's married to Jimmy. So she's actually That's Mrs. Right. Goodman, as yeah. Lalo called her Mrs. Goodman. So here we have um, Lalo in the past scene called her Mrs. Goodman and uh, Mike in the scene, Miss Wexler. Mm-hmm. And she's panicking. She's totally freaking out. She's surrounded by Mike and his guys. There must be five of them there. Um, and she's really worried about Jimmy. She's only got 10 minutes to take the shot and then she has to get back there. That mm-hmm. She's not going to get back in time. Um, and Mike rallies the troops. So he starts yeah. calling out his guys and arranging for people to head over to the apartment. Um, yep. So, yeah, this is another moment that just didn't feel, it felt quite staged. It felt very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Choreographed. Like, I think it was yeah. overly choreographed the way that Mike walks through the house and then his <laughs> men fell into line behind him. And you know what it reminds else. me of? Like, it reminds me of those lip dub 
uh, YouTube videos people used to make, you know, like a college yeah, department or sure. something would do a lip dub <laughs> and everyone would take turns singing and the camera yeah. would just be reversing or yeah. the entire lip dub while people move in and out of this shot and it's a continuous sure. shot for the whole song. It just felt a bit staged and not very <laughs> yes. natural. And I don't think like, yeah, this and in the next scene at the apartment, it just felt like it wasn't really Mike. Like Mike, we know, is very understated. He knows that you don't need to bring a lot of force a lot of the time. You just turn up with your gun and that's enough. And I just yeah. didn't think that this is something that Mike would do. He wouldn't head off with like an army of guys behind him to take out um, Lalu. But anyway, still a great scene. Very tense. Um, I liked what, what I like when Mike was walking through there, there was a nice shot of Gus's wall of totes. <laughs> I he's didn't got, notice it. He's got a wall of totes where there's like, you know, the storage bins, there's big plastic storage bins. And that's another <laughs> one of those shots where we see squares, you know, there's yeah, like a wall pattern. of totes in squares. And, oh my uh, goodness. Mike walks right through the middle. It's like, I just wondered if, I think they're all full of blankets. It's just like, it's all the henchmen's <laughs> yeah. blankets and the laundry of all the people <laughs> living in the house is in Gus's yeah. wall of totes. It's funny. Yeah. Um, so um, Gus has been watching the whole thing unfold on his cameras. So again, he's been um, standing back watching. And uh, yeah, he Mike heads in, asks if he heard all that, and off they go. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. I've still got this thing in my chest. This is one of those um, moments where Gus was people were framed by door frames. Whenever they're in one room, Gus is framed from yeah. the distance through door frames. Sometimes it's even sure. two door frames or a hall down a hallway. And yeah. this exact same shot was repeated several, a few times in the episode with different characters. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think Mike actually uses the word hole up. He tells Gus, you hole up here or something like that, which I thought was kind of like a, fort a foretelling of what happens in later in the episode. Yeah. Gus actually goes into his hole. Um, but yeah, so Mike rallies the troops, even the guys at the, um, at the laundry and off they head. And yeah. this is where we find out that it's all part of Lalo's plan. Yeah, that's right. So Lalo has taken Jimmy's car, a taupe, um, a taupe. I can't remember the brand of the car now. I, I didn't write it down, but anyway, it I doesn't matter. Either. He kind of made fun of it. He raised his eyebrows whenever he lifted think, the keys. Oh, it's a Ford Taurus, I think, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, he, he raised his eyebrows whenever he was talking to Jimmy about it. And then, um, yeah, so he heads off to the laundry we find out he's been waiting at the laundry and just as the guys go, he heads in and, he, and breaks in and we see that he um, breaks in and he, you get this nice little shot of him climbing in through the vent or up over the roof and just out of the camera shot as the cameraman comes back and takes a seat again. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, just the security screens again, like repeated, uh, featured repeatedly throughout yeah, the whole sure. episode. <clears throat> For sure. Um, then we head back to Gus. He's kind of starting to put two and two together. He's getting all hot and sweaty and taking his tie off. Um, oh, you know, um, I think he, I puzzled over this actually, because they made a deal about the tie. And I think did. he took the tie off to avoid strangulation because he knew he was going to oh, possibly potentially yes. confront Lalo. So he removed the tie. That's interesting. Yeah. It, okay. It took me a while to get to that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Can I just mention something here? I looked up the actor tonight and I just found, have you read his bio? No. This is just the briefest intro, okay? Giancarlo Giuseppe Alessandro Esposito was born in Copenhagen, Denmark to an Italian carpenter slash stagehand, right? And an African-American opera singer. So... What kind of childhood did no this guy way. have? His dad That's was mad. an Italian stagehand carpenter, and his mother was an, an, <laughs> an African-American opera singer from Alabama. That's totally <laughs> mad. Isn't that mad? That's a great thing. And you know what they did? They, yeah. When he was six years old, they moved to Manhattan. Okay. And I'm like, Jimmy, why did, our, why did his parents move to Manhattan, but our grandparents moved to Winnipeg? Tell me that, please. <laughs> He has such a fascinating backstory, doesn't he? Yes, Gus is interesting. Yeah. Um, anyway, so where did we get to? So he's all sweaty. He takes his tie off to prevent him from being strangled. Yeah. Um, and he just has this feeling that something isn't right. You know, he just yeah. has this intuition that something isn't right. 
He has a quick conversation with Kim. He finds it hard to believe that Jimmy talked Lalo out of sending Kim, um, out of sending Jimmy and sending Kim instead. And then he puts two and two together and he takes off to the laundry. Off he goes. Yeah. Um, and then we head to Jimmy's. Um, just before, sorry, I've got a cough. God, I don't know what's wrong with me. It's been hot here today. Um, just before we go, though, there's this shot there of Gus um, looking at the monitors and he's looking at Kim through the monitors. And yeah. also we see the reflection in his glasses. So we're seeing Kim framed behind glass here. The glass. Oh, the no. So it's a shot through glass. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it can mean death, but remember that it can also mean that a person you just never see anymore, you know, because yeah. now they're not present to you. They're behind the glass of memory. So you'll always be looking at them through a memory. And in a way yes, that's okay. just a symbol of the fact that she's not in better call Saul. And so she's being moved into the memory world here, which could yeah, be death okay. or it could be just gone. That's interesting. I just, I know that I've been like strongly advocating for Kim not dying, but yeah, I don't think that there is any other exit for her now at this stage. Is yeah, there really? I'm not sure. I'm still because not in the air. Howard is, um, they're going to believe that Howard committed suicide. And, you know, we know so that there's not be any, are, Yeah, there's not going to be any court case around Howard and Kim and Jim. I know. I know for sure. But then how are they going to fill the next five weeks? <laughs> well, we're about to find <laughs> out. I, mean. <laughs> I know. Um, so, yeah, we head off to Jimmy's apartment now. And this is another moment where I just find it, it just doesn't seem to be very believable. So we've got a sniper in position across from um jimmy's yeah. apartment all the blinds are closed um they've got about eight other guys there at least eight or nine other guys and it just doesn't seem like this would be mike's style you know if you think back to when he was heading out with um to protect the pharmaceutical guy daniel is was it daniel right. um and how he didn't even want to take a gun with him and yet here he is it's just lalo in the apartment with jimmy yeah. and he's got like fucking 10 guys with him you know what yeah. i mean yeah, talking about sure. how he doesn't want to spook the neighbors and it's like well if anything's going to spook the neighbors it's 10 guys dressed in black all running up the stairs together you know what yeah, i mean like come on it's kind of a funny comment they just, um, just wherever kim and jim live there just happens to never any never be anybody there and, oh i so. know for but, sure but in this little shot with mike we got three tropes from the show we got first of all his slow walk or his walk up to the place and his walk in. Yeah, that's like the right. walk up and the walk in is repeated on almost well, not on almost every scene, but like at least half the scenes in this episode. Um, and then at one point we get a nice shot of the Albuquerque lights in the distance, which is the point yeah. of light. And um, and then Mike says, "Eyes on me" as they're walking in, which is the black eyed gaze or the oh, eyes watching, yes. being watched yeah. coming in again. So yeah. that's right. <clears throat> There's a lot of that in this episode, actually. You'll see the tropes in almost every scene. You'll see examples of them. Yeah, for sure. Um, so from this scene, we leave and we head back to laundry. This is quite a fast episode. We get lots of scene cuts, don't we? Like yes. we haven't had a, a fast-paced episode like this in a while. Yeah. Um, lots of different scene cuts. We head back over to the laundry where Gus is arriving um, and he's got his three men Then There's the one from the laundry and the two that went with him. And yep. uh, the guys are like, what's going on, boss? And he notices that the fan is spinning slower than it usually does, and which does right. seem like an odd thing to notice too. Yeah. And yeah. he kind of puts two and two together and realizes that Lalo has broken in. And just then he jumps out from behind a big pile of laundry and kills everybody. Yep, that's right. There um, are fours in this episode, and I noticed here there were four shots. There are four guys shot dead. That's right. Then, outside Gus's house, there are four pillars. But I only noticed that in my second watch and I didn't have time to go back and see if there are other fours. That's interesting. I hadn't picked up on the um, number of fours. I hadn't seen that. Um, I'll maybe take another watch and see if I can see any others. But I did notice, I did write down the four shots and I just thought it was just a wee bit too convenient that um, again, it's a very slow paced shootout here. Yes. Like he steps out from behind the laundry. There are four very well considered shots that take all four guys down. Yeah. Um, those guys totally had time to move out of the way. Come on, yeah. these are trained goons. On like, the first gunshot, you're like, you're rolling, you know. I know <laughs> for sure. <laughs> At least running as fast as you can for cover. Definitely. Again, it just doesn't seem, it doesn't, but maybe that is really how people react in shootouts, that they just kind of freeze and they don't yeah. move, even though like, they know they uh, should. 
I know. It just it doesn't seem real. They totally could have. And if you watch the episode, there's a good few seconds in between each shot. It's not yeah. like they're rapid fire shots. You know, they yeah. could have moved out of the way or at least turned around and taken a shot yeah. themselves. The fourth guy, like, you know. I He's know. the one with egg on his face. He's like, he just What's he there. doing? I know. For <laughs> He's sure. checking his phone. No, probably not. But, you know. <laughs> He's opening Instagram. He wants to get video of this. <laughs> for his followers. Um, but, yeah. So, again, it's like, fair enough. But you have to suspend disbelief. I think we're being very generous in this episode. Um, I agree. But we cut back then to the apartment and we've got Jimmy on the floor We've got some nice bubbling going on um, in the background. And in just yeah. Mike just strolls in. It's like they they unlock the door and they just stroll in. They don't kick the door in. They don't, That's right. You know, and you can hear it happen. It happens in like four or five seconds where they're picking the lock. And it's just like, come on, if Lalo is actually in there, there's no way he's just going to be standing waiting lock. for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, yeah no again, it, you- it took very long to come about. And then they just walked in. Yeah. You know, there were a couple of times in the episode where the bubbles in the fish tank were unnaturally loud. And I think yeah. it's actually the first time we've heard the bubbles in the fish tank. Not to mention, we've seen it plenty, but we have to have yeah. really ever heard just the bubbles in the fish the tank. The bubbles? You know, maybe not it's really. just how quiet it was. Well, maybe that's what they're trying to get across. I didn't read anything else into it. I just noticed it. It was just weirdly prominent. Yeah. And um, by this stage, I think the movie had entered like the that uh, maybe that's what they're trying to put across right. is the passage of time that yeah, okay. a good amount of time has passed by oh. now. So the movie has ended and it's silent yep. in the apartment without the that's movie good. in the background. Yeah. Um, the other thing I noticed was the way the uh, the goons were just kind of stepping over hard as if he wasn't there. After oh, Hard died. This is the weird thing. After Hard died, so much was put into Hard in the last episode. Then he died and he was on the floor. At the start of this scene, we saw his blood flowing from yeah. his head or whatever. But then for the rest of the episode, it was just he was just forgotten, like he didn't exist. I know he was and, just and, part of the set. Yeah, that's right. And and the people were just stepping over him like he's an obstacle, not even yeah. not even noticing that he's on the ground. You yeah. Know? It's kind well, of like a call, you know? it's like, <clears throat> where did Chuck go? You know, we've all forgotten about Chuck. It's like he never was there in the first place. <laughs> yeah. well, hard. Like we do this in TV land, you know, like we have these characters, yeah. we watch these TV shows, then we're gone. And then they just go on. And they're, they're just gone. gone. Yeah. And it's like we forget all about it. And then it's they're funny. just then there's just detritus on our memory to step over when we're uh <laughs> trying to have other yeah, thoughts. Yeah, for sure. Again, maybe it's just to do with how they wanted to put across that this kind of death is like an everyday occurrence for these guys. So these trained goons, right. they're stepping over bodies all the time. So it's just another body on the floor. Yeah, that's right. You, know? you get that sense for um, sure. So, yeah, he wants to chat to Jimmy again. It's like, I'm going to take your mask off and you can't be loud. You need to be quiet. Kim's OK. And it just doesn't come across as being very believable. Anyway, so he wants to know where Lalo has gone and he wants to know how long ago he went. Um, and then Mike realizes that they've been duped, that this was part of the plan to get Mike and the gang there. Um, and he phones Fring. Mm-hmm. He phones Gus and um, we rejoin um, Gus and Lalo as the phone is ringing in Gus's pocket. Yeah. This scene now is, um, I think it's one of my favorite scenes so far. Um, well, the entire sequence, I guess, from where um, from where Lalo and Gus have caught up here until the end of the the the, the end of the thing. Yeah, um, for sure. But particularly here, um, so they're going to take a he said, "Let's take a walk and you show me around or something." Lalo says. So again, it's the walk and, yeah. and there's a paced walk as they approach the machines. And as you approach those two big laundry machines, it's like two big black eyes looking at you. That's right. right? Yes. Yeah. And, um, and Lalo says, oh, I think he's, yeah, he says, <clears throat> una grand machina se esconde un grand secreto. Oh, that's terrible. Spanish. Which, sorry. Una grand <laughs> machina, machina, esconde un grand secreto. Okay. And what does that mean? <laughs> it means a big machine that hides a big secret. Oh, yes, I read that on the subtitles. And what he's talking about there very poetically is, although he may not be meaning it is, is life and death. Life is a big machine at the end of which lies a big secret. So life is the machine hiding the big secret 
Which is of, death. Which is death. And what's on the other side of death? Oh, well, there isn't anything. That's not a secret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or there's laundry. There's laundry. Imagine if that was what death was, that you just have to go and do laundry forever. That would the be devil's laundry. Probably what I deserve. The devil's job yeah. strap. <laughs> uh, yeah. And Gus kind of stands there and Lalo shoots him. I know he pops off a shot. (laughs) So he realizes that um, whenever he picked up the phone, he padded, he he felt the the vest. So he knows he's wearing a vest. And I think it's then, is it then or is it before whenever he says to Eladio um, that Fring's wearing body armor and isn't it too bad that you can't make body armor, you can't get body armor for your head. It was one of my favorite lines. I thought that was really funny. That was good. Um, So yeah, he pops off a shot hits him square in the chest uh, totally takes a wind out of Gus and uh, thinks it's a good laugh, thinks that that's good and he said oh don't worry he's going to be around for a bit longer yeah Um, yeah so after getting shot Darth Vader uh, sorry Gus starts to breathe like Darth Vader (laughs) and uh, and uh, Lalo rolls camera so they move down into the um, the the the, the, uh, the washing machines pull back and they go behind That's them. Right. Lalo calls uh, um, Gus an eco puta. And I know puta yes. means bitch, but I wasn't able to find out what the eco means. So oh, I don't know. Or maybe I misheard it, but that wasn't translated in the subtitles, I noticed. Yeah, um, I wonder. He said that they're just going to get the nickel tour. I think yeah. he made some comment about how Mike was 13 minutes away, so he must have known from the phone that, that that's Mike has realised and that he's just 13 minutes away. Yeah. Um, and uh, inside the machine, as, as the machine gets pulled out from the wall, you see a nice bright green pipe inside the machine. Oh. It's another little touch of green. Okay, nice. Yeah. Um, so green symbolises the death of a character, yeah. um, which is really good. And then um, they go down into the hole. They climb into the back of the washing machine and down they go. Gus is, um, not Gus, sorry, Lalo is really impressed. Mm-hmm. And off they go. So he's telling Eladio all about the German engineers, how much dirt was taken out. It's really like Lalo, Lalo is giving the full proper museum tour. He's giving all these fun facts about the pit and how yeah, it was dug out in a city of a million people and everything else. That's interesting. I never didn't notice that, but he's telling a story there again, again, telling the story of what happened. That's right. It? Yeah. So <clears throat> um, halfway down the stairs, he gives Gus a good kick in the back and sends him mm-hmm. the whole way down. Poor old Gus is getting some abuse tonight. Um, and yeah, they get down, he reloads his gun and Gus moves towards the digger. He edges towards the digger. There's this moment where the camera pans down so that you can see the gun on the treads of the tractor. And as it pans down, there is a green orb, um, literally Ah. a bright green orb, at Gus's kind of midriff. Okay. So you can see him in the background and the it pans down and there's a bright green orb. Okay. Like a lens point. flare kind of thing? Yes. But only yeah, it's perfect. square. It's not round. Normally a lens flare would be round, but it looks yeah. kind of square. Very odd. Um, I'm going to have to track back and look at that. I didn't see it. Do you? So that's the actual green light to tell you, oh, it's about to happen. Perfect. Perfect. So, perfect. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, again... Again, with the walking in, and I think at some point Lyle said, I've heard some stories about this place. Um, yeah. Um, There's a slow-paced walk. The stories, Lalo um, reloads his gun, and um, then we get Gus's monologue. <clears throat> I know. Well, we get, first of all, Lalo is explaining about Gus's plan to the camera, and he's talking about how Gus plans to build his empire and cut right. the boss out, and what he's actually built is a tomb. So yeah. Lalo refers to it as building a tomb for himself, whereas actually poor old Lalo, we know it ends up being a tomb for him and Howard. Um, yeah. And yeah, Gus says, you can't kill me yet. I want to tell the boss what I think about him. Well, who can resist an offer like that? Yeah. Nobody. Certainly not Lalo. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, Gus. Um, so then Gus says a number of things. He... Uh, he calls uh, Ladio some kind of pimp, I think. Um, a greasy, uh, bloated pimp. Yeah, he says the uh, they're not as they're not even as good as stray dogs. They're jackals. <laughs> yeah. He also yeah. uses the word vermin and whores. Um, um, in reference to the Salamancas. To the Salamancas, and he says, "You only understand money, but I understand blood for blood." 
Yeah, that's right. And that's the whole that's the whole thing about Salamanca's, isn't it? That it's blood for blood, but it's not. It's blood for money. Is what um is Lalo or is Gus's comment. And here he's thinking it's straight back to what happened with Max. So this mm-hmm. is his partner Max. And he's saying, I understand blood for blood, and this is all about revenge. I'm not doing it for the money. I'm not doing it to build an empire. I'm not doing it for any other reason apart from to take revenge um, for the murder of Max. Yeah, that's right. So for Gus, this is all about revenge. It's not about money. Yeah, that's right. And Gus says, you know, when he says you only understand money, I think there's a comment there about money and self-esteem, which we've understood throughout as a yes. theme throughout the whole series. And of he's course. kind of saying that, yeah, the Salamancas, their their family pride, so to speak, is founded on their wealth and nothing else, basically. Like, yes, okay. Yeah, and that's their modus operandi. Is um, That's really interesting. Yeah. Maybe that's what the whole show has been about. And it it's hasn't not- been about the battle of good and evil. Maybe it's been about the difference between um, extreme violence for money and extreme violence for revenge. <laughs> <laughs> or basically just money versus, you know, where you get your happiness from or where you get your the foundation of your personality lies. Yes, that could be it. Yeah, yeah. that could be it too. Interesting. Um, so he ends this little... Um, he ends this little monologue by telling uh, Lalo that um, he kept Hector alive, but he made sure that he was broken and that he's going to save him to last and make sure that, that Hector knows that he has killed every single Salamanca. Yeah. And then he kicks the uh, socket. He kicks the socket yeah. at his feet. Another like, totally unbelievable a, moment. A lucky kick for sure, because I don't know if you've ever tried to kick an industrial socket. Oh, but- I mean, it's not going to be easy. It's not a first kick kind of scenario, I don't think. No, I doubt it. It takes fucking 10 minutes just to pull it apart, let alone kick it. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. You need to push the button and twist it. And yeah, it's not easy. Yeah, Um, so it's slightly contrived. And and and, again, uh, we get this really slow moment. Like the lights go out. There's this big spark. And Lalo just fucking stands there and doesn't move. He misses. He just stands there. I know. Oh, he he shoots four times. He, he takes four shots. Four yes. shots, four shots, right? He misses on every shot. And it's That's like, well, right. you're right. There was a little moment there where Gus kicked the thing. And it's hard to believe that Lalo couldn't get one accurate shot off. Or that, that. he would just stand there. Why would you yeah. not move? Like, or it's he would not. Move. Exactly. You would move. You would run. It doesn't get... take much to put this together. Like, they're dying in. in Gus's drug slayer. There's bound to be weapons down there. You know what I mean? It's like, what yeah. is what is Lalu thinking? Come yeah, on. That's right. Yeah. Get your shit together. That's um, true. so we get this shit out in the dark. Um, so Gus um manages to land all of his shots, even though Lalu misses all of his. And <laughs> Pearl um Pearl Lalu takes his last breath. That's right. He but he has a good laugh on the way out. That's Lalo's oh, last know. laugh, you know. Oh, it was it's so like, good. Go with a smile. It was very Lalo. So that was gratifying. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I thought that was a great way um for him to pass through that black door. Um, yeah. but yeah, I just find it very underwhelming. I swear to God, <laughs> like how many episodes have we been building up to building this up moment? To this. And yeah. the best they could do is a fucking half hour shit out in the dark. Come on, fuck's sake. I know, yeah. I mean there's two ways you could go. One is you could try to wrap it up quickly. Because if you yeah. if it's just a drawn out shootout, then it's like any other show on TV. It's yeah. like a big shootout, you know. And that's kind of that I mean, that's we enjoy that thrill, but normally. But here we yeah. might have thought this is a bit cheesy. But then here, so they had to try to do something a bit different. But I agree with you. It's like kicking out the cable, Lalo missing his shots. I'm just not convinced i just don't buy it and like it's just so unintelligent come on (laughs) it's such an intelligent show they put so much effort into knitting all of these storylines together and it's just so unintelligent it's like gus got a lucky shot like what the fuck i know you know what i mean i just don't buy it yeah anyway it's over now poor lalo's dead that's how they chose to do it Yep. Um, I guess some fans might love it. And if you loved it, then I'm very happy for you. Um, it was a great, yeah. like it was a great episode. <laughs> I'm not bitching and moaning too much, but I was just a bit underwhelmed. I mean, Gus's monologue was fun, was fabulous. And Lalo's yes. last moments as he gargled and laughed on his own blood was great. Oh, it was brilliant. So I, I yeah, applaud that really part of the good. scene for sure. 
yeah, but you're definitely right that there, there, there's a weakness in the practicalities of how it was carried out. Yeah. yeah. And maybe they maybe it was deliberately understated and downplayed just to make the other elements of the scene stand out more. So maybe they wanted those the, the script and the movement and things like that to be the highlight rather than the shootout. Yeah, you know, so I guess yeah. there's that too. Maybe, maybe. Um, so yeah, Gus falls over, he's so overwhelmed with um peace, he falls over, he tears the bullet out of his vest and throws it across the room. If it was me, yeah. I'd probably want to keep that bullet just for old time's sake. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm a bit of a hoarder. I might, I might be able to use this later for something. I don't know what exactly, yeah. But... Yeah, and then another really messy shot filled with blood and and yeah. gore is the bubbles coming up out of Lalo's throat and yeah. ugh, yuck. I love the gore. Yeah, I know it's good. Fan. Yeah. Um. So yeah, from there we got over to Los Polos Hermanos. Unless you wanted to chat more about Lalo's death. No, I don't have anything else there. Um, we pop over to Los Polos Hermanos and we join Lyle as he's opening up the chicken shop very yeah. early in the morning. They may be open for breakfast, but it seems like it's the middle of the night still. Yeah, yeah. You know, so he's, he's opening up the chicken shop and um, Gus gives him a call, asks him to step up and be the general manager for a bit or the manager of the chicken store. Yeah, it reminded me very much of the character on my shirt here for a second there. What is it? Spongebob yeah. and the other guy. Lyle is like Spongebob, you know. <laughs> He's been called up by uh, Mr. Krabs to manage the Krusty yeah. Krab for a day. It's like he gets to be a manager now. He's yeah. even got the, the yellow shirt, which basically looks like a square. That's funny. Yeah. Um, did you notice that in his car, in Lyle's car, he actually has a Los Polos Hermanos air freshener? <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> his car smells like fried chicken. <laughs> He just can't get just enough. Say. He can't get enough of it. He has to have it in his car. He's probably got one in his bedroom. In the I wonder if that's. I wonder if that's ever been suggested at KFC's board table. Should they do it as a gimmick, like a Kentucky Fried Chicken flavored air freshener for people's cars? That's hilarious. Didn't you make a fried uh, chicken gross. soup, Bob Bomb? No, I did not make a fried chicken soup. I had one. Bomb. No, I had one. A bath bomb. A fried chicken bath bomb. Well, I didn't make it. I got it from somewhere. I might have got it from Tokyo. I don't uh, know. Why would you want a fried chicken bath? I know, right? <laughs> Here, bathe in this fried chicken. It's disgusting. What would be even be better is to have fried chicken, to eat fried chicken while you're in the fried chicken <laughs> bath. <laughs> yuck. Yep. Glorious yuck. Um, anyway, Lyle walks in. Oh, yes. as he walks in, there's four black rectangles, the rectangular windows, which we have seen before, but four black oh. rectangular windows on the wall. Um, and as he goes in, as he's moving in, he's framed by the doorway again, and also yeah. behind glass. But I don't think we expect um, Lyle to be going anywhere. And yeah. um, it's sort of a business as usual. He gets a call from Gus, and Gus is being polite. Yeah, as, uh, polite as be damned. I need you to step up and be manager. And um, after the conversation with Lyle, there's an awkward moment between Gus and Mike. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and Mike um, wants to know if he's happy with how things ha- how things went down. Um, Gus yeah. is very un- or no, Mike is unhappy. Um, <laughs> and there's like this little exchange. You see, you see the thing. The funny thing about this exchange is that there's two things happening. Um, one is that um, I think that Gus's intent here is that it could have gone down differently, as in Mike rushed off yeah. to Jimmy's place without thinking about what might actually be happening. So he was being yes. critical. Yeah, but the other thing is, this is like two fans talking about the show and how the how the scene with Lala went down. <laughs> and they're saying, you know, it could have gone down differently. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I think For that's sure. what it is. It's like a little bit of the show poking fun of itself and the fans. Yes. saying, I would have done it like this, and I would have done it like that. Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, for sure. It is. Um, again, it just felt like. We've had these exchanges before where one character comes up against and stands up to another character and tells them what they really thought. Yeah. But it just felt a bit half-hearted. Like the, the time when Kim stood up to Kevin and we had Mike standing up to Gus before and not letting him kill Nacho's dad. And here it just yeah. felt like it was a bit half-arsed. You it's know, little, and I'm not criticizing yeah. Mike in any way or the actor who plays Mike. I can't remember his name, but it just felt like there was there wasn't much energy in it, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with you. I think that's been a characteristic of the show from the beginning. It's sort of muted, almost muted, 
um, muted and controlled or emotions at times. Yeah, it maybe. does come across as not very realistic, like Kim and Jim at the start of the episode where they look horrified. But, yeah. I mean, and I'm not one to say how I would necessarily react in a situation like that or I would know how someone would react. I just yeah. don't think it would have been quite like that. I would have yeah. think there'd be a, a different level of panic. Yeah, maybe, you know? maybe. It is, it's just, I guess, one day you might find out. Let's hope not. Let us hope not. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, after that tense little exchange, um, they we head on back to Jimmy and Kim's apartment. Mm-hmm. And um, it's cleanup time there. Mike has arranged for a new fridge to come in. So this is how they're going to get Hard's body out of the place. Um, they yeah. pop him into the fridge and the fridge is taken away. Yeah, there are two frames by doorway. One is of Jim um, framed by the yeah. doorway down the hallway. And the other is of Hard framed by the door of the fridge. He's in the fridge yes. framed by the what is essentially the doorway of the fridge when the fridge door is open, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh my god, there's that really there is a moment, yeah, where you see Hard curled up in the fridge. Yeah, and it's I didn't cringy. see that until the second it's... until the second watch. Yeah. And it's a bit like um, yeah, very that yeah. part was very real. Um yes. but yeah, so and again, it's just like get... hard. His body's being packed up, you know, he's all done with now. He's, he's being packed up for storage him. like the Ark, you know. In the <laughs> fridge, yeah. <laughs> Pop him in the fridge. Um, yeah. We also get Kim framed by doorways. As Kim returns to the apartment, she's kind of comes into the antechamber between the, the, I guess, the hallway. It's between the bedroom and the living room. Um, yes. So she walks in, so you get her framed by both doorways, the doorway from the bedroom into the hall, and then from the hall, the archway into the, their living room, dining room. That's right. They spy each other down the hallway, and they run That's in for right. a hug. Or Kim runs in for a hug. Thank God you're alive, etc., uh, etc. Et big but again, old hug. Again, not many words are spoken. We don't get much out of the mouths of Kim or Jim in this episode at all. They're almost no. like bystanders, which I think is probably deliberate. Yeah, for sure. And I think they're just in shock too. Like it's a fairly like intense thing that has just happened. Yeah, yeah. It's a couple of lawyers, you know, they're not from this world. So that's right. Um, although they have been exposed to extreme violence, particularly Jimmy, but again, at this yeah. kind of level, it's pretty shocking, yeah. I imagine. True, true. Yeah. Um, so Mike has them sit down again, commanding them to sit. Yeah. And he instructs them on the story you tell. He sells to Kim and Jim, and then he outlines the story that they're going to tell regarding Harry's death. Yeah, that's right, that they're going to arrange for Hard's car to turn up on a beach, and it'll be the exact number of miles that it would have taken him to drive there, and so on and so on, and with some cocaine in the upholstery um, so that it suits the narrative that Jimmy and Kim have already created about Hard being a drug addict um, and about how it'll be a suicide and everything else. Yeah, uh maybe i mean i mean i almost felt like it was like dogs being told to sit it was like dog training you know it's like yeah. sit. you teach your dog to do tricks sit speak you know yeah. and it's like telling them what to say and also the, the trope of storytelling and i just For wonder sure. if it's going to be a feature of the next few episodes that kim and jim are under the thumb of the cartels and they're instructing them and telling them what to do oh yeah of course you okay know? so maybe this is just a foretelling of um them becoming little lap dogs of yeah. gus's and Jim has an interesting sideways glance at Kim there as Mike is reading them their instructions. Oh, I see. He I sort of looks this. at her sideways and it's like I some questions going through his head about whether she's going to be able to carry this out or be interested. Yeah. Or if she's going to come up with some brilliant idea to facilitate Get them better. Out of it. Yeah. Something I, anyway, he was worried. He looked at her with his worried glance. Interesting. Um so yeah. Um, they talk about what they're going to do, that they've got a normal day ahead. Kim's due in court. Jimmy has some clients to meet. I just don't know how they can just go out and how will they just be able to go out? And yeah, he says, be a song like yeah. Mike wants them to. For sure. This is going to be impossible. I couldn't do that. No, definitely not. Like, it's such a traumatic thing to witness. Like, I know that they didn't get on very well with Howard, but they've known him for a long time. They both have a relationship with him and everything else. Like, it is. Yeah. It's a shocking thing. Totally. To happen. And to be implicit and involved in his death like they brought her death about kim brought his death about by running the scam on him that's the only reason he was in that apartment was because they decided to do the scam so they're culpable they're responsible for his death yeah yeah they must feel that responsibility yeah yeah so how can they just go on about their normal day as if nothing's happened 
I'm telling you, if someone even says to me once that I don't like, let's say someone says to me, it's something at work. And if someone says, you know, you just don't get it in so many words or you misunderstood, I'll be dysfunctional yeah. for days. <laughs> I'll be like, what You're is that this? precious? Yeah. You're that I, precious? I am that precious. I'm like, how dare you suggest that I don't understand a thing? And it will just be like, and I'll be unable to focus. Oh yeah, my here, god. What's gonna happen if you know you're responsible for murder almost, you know? I know you just carry on with your day, pretend know, it right? didn't happen. Like Lawrence Olivier, yeah. I'll just put on my Lawrence Olivier pants today and go to work. I know for sure. Um yeah. and then from there we head on over to um the Howard and Lalo being entombed in the drug lab. So they've yeah. got a nice big hole dug by Tyson, and um yeah. Mike and, uh, takes Howard's wallet and his ring and they yeah. get chucked in. Yeah, this is um so they're going through the final doorway here into the other side, yeah, Lalo and Hard. Uh, yeah. But just before they go, Mike, interestingly, I thought I didn't get it the first time, but the second time I thought Mike is stripping hard of his identity here. He's first of all, he's taking his wallet. Yeah. And then he's taking his ring. And it's like you don't His get to carry ring. those things into the next life. You were that in this life. And it's like, you take away that identity. It's like, it's oh, being stripped off Interesting. You. And there's a metaphysical statement here. You know, it's like, you're not who you think you are. You're just yeah. a soul. You're just one in a million points of light, like the light over Albuquerque. And you eventually just vanish yeah it's that's like, um, interesting and that's it hard goes into his his grave without his uh without his hardliness yeah without his without his money or his wife or anything that's right without his possessions or that's right yeah it was an interesting scene for sure the way that mike kind of interrupts him and takes out those last, last piece little pieces of course he knows that in order to dress the scene for the police, that those are the kind of details that just really put it across the line in terms of selling the story. Yes, that's absolutely that's right. So yeah, I thought it's so another tie-in to storytelling is that Mike is is preparing to tell the story through yeah. how they're going to dress the scene. We see the wallet Perfect. and the ring on top sitting on the dashboard of the car, and yeah. how could you come to any other conclusion if you come <laughs> across a scene like that with the shoes on the? Shoes on the uh, beach and the, the the wallet and the ring in the car and everything yeah. else. So, I mean, they always throw us curveballs. You know, it's tempting to think that, the, you know, what normally happens in shows is that the criminals, you know, if you ever watch Columbo or any of these crime procedurals, it's like the criminal yeah. always leaves some clue, some fatal clue. Or, yeah. So the detective unravels the thing. And so it's tempting to look at this and think, oh, but the detective's going to unravel it and there's going to be an arrest and blah, yeah. blah, blah. But then this show just doesn't usually do that for us. You know what I mean? I know it for usually sure. just gives us something else. Yeah. And it's also another tie-in to Lalo's death. Like Lalo did commit suicide at the end. So um, in a you way, it's like... No. Who did? Lalo oh. at the start, not Lalo. Right. Sorry, Nacho. Sorry, Nacho. 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 Yeah. Back at the start of the season, we had yes. Nacho's death by suicide, and now Howard is being given that death. So that's the, right. the narrative that's being created around Howard's death, even though Circle. he was taken out by the, um, by, by Gus and the other goons. It's yeah. it's created this circle back to to Nacho's death at the start. So again, it's creating that story for the the public is that you know hired as hired as committed suicide right so i guess the next few episodes we'll see the fallout from that we'll get jimmy and kim returning to their normal day-to-day lives and i imagine mm. that we'll see some characters come back like um hard's wife i'd say yeah the two rich and um what do you call the other guy we've got rich from swike and cook and uh, D- uh davis main clifford main Clifford Main. So I think Cliff is going to come back and maybe have a conversation with Jimmy. Like they're bound to be asking questions about what happened to Howard. I wonder if we'll get to see our film team on the stand. Oh my goodness. But what court case would there be? I know that's the thing. I know. Now that Howard's committed suicide, you know. But they did Um, make a point in that episode of saying, you know, um, if you rush, you're going to make mistakes. That was kind of one of the things that was, was, was shouted out to us while they were filming the uh the corrupt judge and that's the true yeah that's so, true that's true yeah maybe there is going to be some kind of comeback it's just all I, yeah it's hard to know where the story is going to go from here but maybe know. we 
maybe this is like a turning point and we leave the we leave Jimmy behind now. We leave um James McGill and Kim Wexler behind and the next part of the storyline is the build up to Breaking Bad Could and that be. narrative. I suppose it's possible. Yeah. 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 Do we get like a passage of time now? Are we gonna rejoin them in the next episode and six months has passed? Yeah. <laughs> and we'll be like straight into like fucking Walter White and well, it could be that um, some yeah, and uh, Jesse. Yeah. Yes, that's it, him. It could be that some time has passed because at the end, what do you make of the the quote at the end of the episode where Jimmy randomly says, I mean, nothing like this has happened in the entire season. And what after did he the, say? He says after the credits, Jimmy says, one day we'll we'll one one day we'll wake up and brush our teeth and go to work and at some point we'll suddenly realize that we haven't thought about it at all. Oh my goodness, I missed that. I didn't watch to the end of the credits. Maybe you don't know. It's not even at the end of the credit. Maybe you don't get it there because maybe because it's on AMC here, we get, you know, the way AMC does these things like previously on Better Call Saul and da 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 Yeah. It could be something like that. I don't know if it's a part of the episode. It was very odd the way it was tacked on. And also, I think it might be, a, it's definitely a quote from something else. But yeah. I can't remember what. I think it might be what Stacy said to Mike or something in the support group. Right. Okay. But it was just um, really, what does he say? Say he it again. Said, One day we'll. Uh, one day we'll wake up and brush our teeth and go to work and at some point we'll suddenly realize that we haven't thought about it at all that is a quote from when mike is talking to jimmy about um they're outside i think that's outside the courthouse mike is dropping jimmy off after being in the desert and um okay. jimmy's freaking out and he says how do you ever come to terms with this or how do you ever uh, how do you ever how do you ever live with it or something perfect and mike says um you think about it every day and he says you you think about it and one day you'll just realize that you haven't thought about it perfect and that's, that's how perfect. you know Okay, good. I'll have to I'll have a look and see if I can find what episode in it it is in and get the quote. But I wonder is Jimmy gonna repeat that to Kim then? Is that Jimmy repeating it to Kim? Could be, could be, yeah. It's could like be. a little snippet of it a conversation. Yeah. Um, or is it a teaser that one day he's gonna be brushing his teeth and realize that there's this big clangor that they didn't think about and all of a sudden <laughs> the fucking walls are gonna fall down? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I just wonder when are we going to lose Kim? When is Kim going to go? Is she going yeah. to be so torn up with guilt and shock about this? Is she going to be another suicide, or yeah, is um something else going to happen? Will Gus kill her because she knows now all about Gus and everybody else? Yeah, and she's been to Gus's house. I don't know. Yeah, that's right. But then why would why would Jimmy work for Gus if that was the case? Yeah, I mean the characters that weren't in Breaking Bad are dying off. I mean, yeah. that's that's been the pattern. I previously thought it was like people who didn't belong in Saul's world were getting yeah. killed off, but clearly that's not the case. As Lalo's now dead, but we should have seen that coming anyway. But um, but then, so it is definitely possible that Kim will be killed off at this point, and it would fit the pattern of the show for sure. That's definitely the case. Yeah. Um, I just yeah, I hope not because I like Kim, but fuck yeah. it, man, I don't know. Yeah. The one thing that we know for sure is that we don't know. We don't know. That was very Socratic, Jamie. <laughs> the one thing that we know for sure is that we don't know. Yep. <laughs> uh, I was just taking a photo of myself in the Zoom camera. You are such a poser. Well, I look really cute. <laughs> good. Good, good. I'll cut that bit out. <laughs> oh, funny. Um, All right. Are we good then? I'm good. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to chat about in terms of this episode? No, nah, I think we did a great job. I think so too. You always say yeah. that about our podcasts. We're hot shit, Listeners, man. do you think that we did a good job, listeners? You should tell us. Write to us and tell us. They love us. Although we have not made a single prediction and gotten it right in the show at all. And just for the listeners' awareness, I don't know if I've mentioned this previously on the show, but we are just as cute and handsome as we sound. <laughs> No, we're not. Well, nobody's going to listen to this point. They've all turned sure? off already. I Come know. on, they're going to miss some comedy gold, Jimmy. I know, but they don't know about it, so they haven't well, really missed it. You only miss things if you know that it happened. Then you miss it. Otherwise, you don't miss it because That's you don't true. know that it was there. What you don't know, 
can't hurt you. You don't know. You what? You don't know what you don't know. It's the it's the unknown unknowns. It, it is. Yeah, the known unknowns. They'll they'll sting. But the it's unknown, almost like you're a philosopher. I know it's kind of. I know sometimes I feel like <laughs> I should have been, or maybe I am in another dimension. Maybe this one. Maybe. Um, thanks so much for listening. We're really glad that you tuned in. We hope you get something out of the show. We do it for fun. Um, we're totally independent. And if you want to support the show, you can buy us a coffee. You can go to buyusacoffee.com slash shut up and can listen. I, can I just say something though? I think yeah. that podcasts who say it's just the price of a coffee are making a big mistake. Because here's the thing. Nobody will give up a coffee to pay towards a podcast. <laughs> People love their coffee. They're like, no. You're not I getting know. my coffee money. I want my coffee. I want yeah. it for myself. You're not we, having it. We don't want your coffee money. Go ahead and buy your coffee. Just spend an extra few quid <laughs> on the podcast. You don't have to give up your coffee. You don't need to spend it at all. Oh, boy. Thanks for ready? listening. Are you done? Um, I'm done. Okay, I'm Are done. Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. Don't forget to tune in next week. Make sure you hit like and subscribe wherever you are so you get notified if we post any bonus content. You can follow us on Instagram at Soul Rewind and uh, check out our website at shutup.world. Yep. Bye. Bye.